CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in OA, the tech earnings parade set to roll on with two of the top titans, Apple and Amazon, reporting next week. Both stocks riding high coming into results. Where do options traders think the shares will go from here? We will debate that. Plus, Bud's big blunder, the beer giant floundering in the wake of the big Bud Light controversy. Has the stock bottomed or can things get worse from here? Plus, a look back at Alphabet's red letter week, Uber's summer surge ahead of earnings and mining the industrial action in 3M. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action. We're live at the Nasdaq market site on the desk tonight. Mike Coe, Carter Worth, and Brian Sutland. We begin with another monster week of earnings on tap next week from industrials like Caterpillar to travel names like Uber and Airbnb to Pharma with the likes of Merck and Pfizer. And then, of course, we get the two tech titans, Apple and Amazon, both stocks surging higher this year. Apple up just over 50 percent, while Amazon has gained more than 57 percent. So, Carter, let's start off with you and Apple. What are the charts saying about where this company heads from here? Sure. So critical week for Apple, not only based on its operating results, uh, but there are a few key moments in the chart. Let's look first at a relative chart, Apple to its peers, to the XLK. So this is the tech sector, the spider. And what we know is that Apple's performance actually peaked in the third quarter of last year. So 10 months later, here we are, and we are down, uh, underperforming to such an extent, Apple versus XLK versus all the other choices in the sector, that we are on this trend line from which it's bounced five, six times. It almost needs to bounce here because an undercut of this uh, would be quite fatal. If you can't outperform your group over the last 10 months, what's going to cause it from here? Uh, but let's look at the chart of Apple itself, uh, the first of several, the stairway to heaven, so-called. Um, the question is, stairways, if they're straight, they go forever. Um, and can we stay on this or does it uh, ultimately uh, break trend? Let's look at the same chart and put in the smoothing mechanism, the 150-day moving average. And so the question is, how far above that moving average are we? Well, take a look at the final chart. It's also with the 150-day moving average. And you'll see here, going back over the past five years, this is one of the steepest readings uh, recorded. So I, I myself want to fade this uh, or be careful with it, write calls, uh, take some measures if you're long. Um, it's not done well, remarkably, despite that stairway compared to other choices in the tech sector. Hmm. All right, so Brian, you've got a trade here on Apple. Yeah, I do, and this is one basically to reduce positions if you're sort of overweight Apple, and relative to that, we have earnings next week. There's a big event coming up, and I'm just gonna minimize some of my risk to the downside. And so I'm looking at basically buying an October put option, the 190 strike specifically, and financing that by selling the weekly that expires just after earnings, the 185 put for 50 cents. I, I think the 185 area is sort of a level that, hey, if I get hit on that and I'm back in the stock or I have to add more down there, I'm okay with it. It's far enough to the downside. Apple, basically option traders predicting about a three to 4% move after earnings and that 185 strike sits 
a lot lower. So I'm really counting on this 190 strike put that I'm going to use sort of as a hedge against my stock position. And, and here's, you know, obviously you see the charts. You see the potential underperformance relative to its peers that Apple is undergoing. And maybe it starts to outperform. Maybe we get some good news on earnings next week and it allows it to do that. But if it doesn't, there's sort of some downside risk. And when you look at Apple, it's about a 7.5% weighting in the S&P 500. So if I own a portfolio, I've at least benefited from owning Apple. It's run up. And now I own more Apple in my portfolio, more than that 7.5%, let's say, of all my stock holdings. This is an easy way to reduce sort of exposure to Apple. Buy a put. I don't have to get called away from the stock. I sort of reduce my delta exposure, like we call it in option trading, and still get to participate if the stock continues to move higher. But I just kind of reduce and protect my downside here. And that's what I'm trying to do is just kind of control risk in Apple and look for cheap options, which I think they are in October, as sort of a hedge in that portfolio. Mike, what would you do with Apple? Do you like this trade? Yeah, I think I like the trade. I mean, upper end of its historical valuation over the course of the last 15 to 20 years at 32 times. They do have exposure to China, which is a risk that I think in all of this Goldilocks soft landing talk that we have this week hasn't really been discussed very much. And, you know, the top line's not growing, and I don't expect it to. I think uh, consumers are a little bit uh, under pressure here, and these are expensive devices, and some of the things they've talked about coming out are expensive as well. So I think hedging makes a, a lot of sense. All right, let's move on to uh, big kahuna number two. <laughs> Amazon on deck after the bell Wednesday. It's now up 26% since its last report. And Mike is uh, laying out a way to play for some more upside. So, Mike, take it away. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, an interesting case here because, uh, first of all, I, it is not back to uh, those recent highs that we saw. So I, I think that if we are kind of envisioning, as I, I said a couple of weeks ago, that it sort of felt like the market is being drawn to these all-time highs, Amazon is still a little bit away from that. Now, it's difficult to talk about valuation with Amazon because people have always used proprietary metrics when they when they think about it, because this company hasn't really made that much money, uh, all things considered. Uh, people talk about you know their gross merchandise value hitting a trillion dollars. It seems like they're on track to hit that. Uh, and they often talk about their valuation relative to EBITDA. And at about 20 times uh, right now, that's actually... A pretty much a 20-year low in terms of, of valuation. So if that happens to be your preferred metric, I don't know that valuation is the metric to think about as a trade. But if you do think that it's going to catch up to that level that we're looking there on the chart, I, I think a call spread is the way to play this. Right now, the options market's implying a move of a little over 6%. And you could buy a call spread going out to September for just a little over 6 bucks, which is less than 6% of the current stock price. Uh, buying the 130 calls and selling the 147 and a half. And you'll notice that I'm comfortable selling those 147 and a halfs because, you know, with some of the skepticism that I previously expressed, once we get to, you know, if we retest those highs, uh, I have a feeling that we're going to have a real bit of difficulty trying to exceed them. Carter, what do you see in the charts? Well, here's a circumstance of a real laggard that is now playing catch up. Let's look at the charts. The first is a comparative chart. And it's just looking at Amazon versus the QQQ. It starts in the uh, summer of uh, 2019. We ran up, of course, had the COVID plunge. And then they ascend together. But that's where the divergence starts. And Amazon sinks much more, of course, than the QQQ. And now, is it having caught up a bit? Does it have more of that? Let's look at uh, the next um, element. So this is Amazon with no lines, no drawings. The key here is that Amazon bottoms much later than the market. Market's in October and Amazon not until December, January. But put some lines on it and you'll see at least what my eye sees. And so that's the same chart, but we have converging trend lines. Uh, you can see that it's bounced to the penny 
quite nicely off um, the ascending line from the low. And the question is now, do we, as implied by that up arrow, do we break above this downtrend line in effect um, since the market's peak, overall equity peak in December 2021? I think we do. All right. What is your bet, Brian? Up? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the charts are lining up. I like using a call spread to play the upside, like Mike mentioned. And when you look at the earnings next week, analysts are basically expecting AWS cloud computing sales to be a little bit softer. And I think that's why the stock has sort of lagged the QQQs, for example. But I think the consumer discretionary, the actual Amazon site itself, that I think is going to show an uptick. That's going to what's going to take the stock off to the upside. And, and for me, $140, $150, not out of the cards by any year. All right. Well, can investors read anything from a third tech giant that reported already this week? That would be Alphabet. It beat on the top and the bottom line thanks to strong YouTube and cloud revenue numbers. The stock finishing the week up more than 10 percent. Mike, you are leaning bullish going to the report. So what do you make the numbers? What are you doing from here? Yeah, you know, so we talked about this uh, last week. We didn't highlight an options trade per se, but it was one of the final calls that we made. Uh, if you own the stock, I think you stick with it here. I mean, look, the uh, earnings number beat was about 8.5%. The stock's up only a little bit more than that. Everything I think we believe was true last week remains true uh, this week. And, you know, it was cheap then, and actually net of the increase in earnings at this point, the valuation essentially is unchanged, even though the stock is higher. So, you know, for those that own it, I would stick with it. For those that don't own it, uh, you know, you now have the benefit of having a solid earnings quarter behind you. And so I don't think that uh, you should feel like you're chasing if you buy it here. Carter, do you concur? Yes, that's a, such a good word, isn't it? Well, yes and no. Um, here's my thinking. We actually, perchance, sent out a, a, a note on uh, Google, an update from Monday's report. And it's made the case to sell the August um, 140 calls. And what we know, and take a look at this chart. Here's Google with its smoothing mechanism. Look at the next iteration. It is exactly as far above its 150-day, 25%, as it was below in October, September 26. You can only go so far in principle before you have some sort of mean reversion. You get overdone to the upside, overdone to the upside. I would trim a little bit if you're just a long-only player. I would sell the uh, 40 calls. I would take some measures. Huh. Uh, Brian, where do you stand? Um, are you with Mike or would you trim like Carter says? Well, I mean, I would continue to own the stock. I do like the idea of selling that 140 call to Carter's point. It sort of reached its price objective to the upside and maybe a little bit limited near term. So an August call, for example, perfect short term expiration, collect a little bit of premium, still continue to own the stock. You look at the stock, the valuation is compelling to the upside, if you ask me. I mean, you, we have names like Microsoft, Amazon, Meta. Those are all actually in large cap value S&P 500 index. Google is not. Alphabet is not. And that's one stock I would add almost to a value play relative to those other names. And so that's a stock we like owning and sort of a replacement for all communication services. And then you get the advertising kicker and everything else that goes with it. So we love Google. But selling a call maybe makes the right sense just for the next couple of weeks. All right. Still to come, shares of Bud have been a dud since the spring when sales of their once top ranked Bud Light started to tank. But over the last month, the stock has started to make a comeback. Will earnings help them tap into new investors? And for everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. More OA right after this. Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. 
Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. It is late July, and when it's as hot as it is right now in New York, you might find yourself reaching for a cold one. Lately, though, for Anheuser-Busch, the controversy surrounding Bud Light is taking a toll on sales and the stock. It's down over 10% since the start of May. But is the tide starting to turn as Bud gets set to report on Wednesday? Mike goes cracking this one open for his call to action. Mike. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I was taking a look at the last year of ownership in our in our long only strategy and, and one of the longest holdings that we've had, uh, and we often trade catalysts such as earnings, was Constellation Brands. And Constellation Brands has been the net beneficiary of a lot of the controversy that AB InBev has been facing uh, since the beginning of the second quarter. But that spread, that performance spread between these two stocks is really remarkable. We're talking about 32% outperformance for Constellation relative to, to Bud. And actually, if you go back 10 years, you're looking at, a, at you know, a company that's essentially trading at the same valuation, about overall about $200 billion. I think that we might be getting some you know, potential upside here because you know, at some point this is going to break. And Bud Light is not their only product. Now, I'm not going to say that they're completely out of the woods here. Uh, I think that there, we're about to find out essentially how much damage has been done because we haven't really seen or heard the impact. We haven't had an earnings quarter where enough of that has uh, been available for us to, to find out. But I'm inclined to try to make a bullish bet here in part because I can use options. And what's interesting is that options premiums are not reflecting a great deal of volatility. In fact, actually, options premiums are essentially trading at two-year lows. So I was just looking at a short-dated call spread. The September 60-65 call spread was the one I was taking a look at. You know, you could spend about a buck forty or so for that. And if the news turns out to be better than expected, uh, you know, I think that's a way to play this to the upside. I mean, there's a lot of bad news baked into it, and we have seen that in the underperformance that it's experienced over the course of the last three, four months. What did the technical say, Carter? Well, you know, that thing you started with, bud is a dud, that's sort of, uh, but the question is, is it so bad it's good? Is it such a dud that it's worth playing? I think that's the circumstance. Let's look at uh, two identical charts. The first, just to put it in perspective, this stock peaked in 2016, the autumn. I mean, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, half a decade or more ago, down some 76%, but it's been trying ever since to get back on the horse. Let's look at the same chart and put trend lines in. What do we know? We know that it is flirting with uh, moving above that downtrend line in effect since the 2016 high. Uh, I think you do it, I'm a buyer. All right, uh, Brian, where do you stand? Yeah, I mean, given the branding controversy around it, options are cheap. That's the way to play because there's serious downside risk to try and catch a falling knife. $50 can be the downside. And you use a call spread to play the upside. Very cheap, as Mike alerted to, with options. Use a call spread to play the upside. Maybe you get this bounce back turnaround, and then you've got some upside potential there. All right, let's switch gears here. Uber is set to report before the bell on Tuesday. The ride-sharing stock hitting a new 52-week high just today. It has been a hot summer uh, for the stock, up nearly 60% just since the start of May. So, Brian, what do you do? Yeah, with earnings coming up, I'm just trying to play that earnings front, use a call spread, very similar to what Mike talked about, using a buy of a near-term call right near at the money, 
selling an out-of-the-money call. So I'm looking specifically at the 47-and-a-half strike call, buying that, selling $54. The reason I picked $54, that's sort of a price target off of sort of a head-and-shoulders bottom pattern that looked to be happening. Carter can talk more about the charts on that. But that's the price target that I expect. With earnings coming up, this stock can move on earnings. We've seen it move 6%, 7% after earnings. That would put me right through that break-even point here on this trade of that 49.60 break-even. And so we get one little catalyst earnings event next week. Boom, that call spread pays off. It's in the money. So this is a short-term sort of bet that where I'm trying to make basically a two-to-one payout on my money. And I think there's upside. I mean, if people are, are paying two grand for Taylor Swift concerts, they're certainly okay spending a little extra on Uber. I think that's what we're going to get to see in the earnings report and that things are going to sort of play the upside. It's playing that whole consumer di consumer discretionary turnaround that we've seen in the last couple of months here. Carter, what do you see in the charts? Yeah, I'm with you on this. Obviously, Grasso taking the other uh, side. Um, it's it's a great chart. I think there's a, a testament to momentum and relative strength that's not quite exploited. But I would point out maybe something that's perhaps more important. We know that this stock, it was May of 2019, IPO'd at $45 a share and proceeded to drop to 42 uh, the worst one-day U.S. dollar loss in history of any stock on its IPO. And here we are at 48. We're just getting back in the green from its IPO. Uh, I think you play this and you play it uh, with uh, confidence. Mike, would you play it with confidence? Well, you know, interestingly, I think when you use a call spread, you are able to play it even if you're not that confident. And I think that's kind of the <laughs> idea here because – you know, the market definitely seems to have some momentum. I don't think we're completely out of the woods. I mean, despite all of the relatively cheery economic news that we got at the tail end of this week, I still think that there may be other shoes to drop. But the fact is, the wind is at our backs if we take a look at it uh, as, in terms of long equity. And, you know, we have seen, research has shown, selling a lot of premium going into events like earnings isn't necessarily a great idea, particularly in those stocks that move a lot like Uber does. So I think a call spread is the right way to play this. <laughs> Brian? Yeah, I mean, I would call it really like a lotto ticket, but it's an educated bet to the upside. I mean, it's not like I'm going all in here on my whole portfolio, but if I'm sort of have this play around, punt around kind of thing, I think it is an educated bet that has a very likely payout of that two to one payout playing to the upside. And that's how I'm using it as sort of this not quite lotto ticket, but an educated lotto ticket purchase to the upside. All right. Up next, we'll mine into a trade Mike put on in a struggling Dow component. Plus, your tweets are still ahead. Options Action will be right back. Welcome back to Options Action. Let's take a look at one of our open trades. Last week, Mike laid out a way to play 3M into earnings. The stock popped on Tuesday's report. It is now up nearly 7% this week. So, Mike, what are you doing now? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, be sure to follow us on Twitter because we did provide an update midweek after we got that pop and suggested that people could either take some profits or roll the long strike of that call spread up or up and out so that essentially you're playing with house money. But of course, the interesting thing is I would stick with options if you're inclined to continue to play upside in 3M here. And the reason for that is that although the earnings result was very good, you know, we did get some news about the PFAS chemicals and we have states that are not inclined to go along with the settlement. And that, of course, provides an overhang, I think, for companies like 3M for quite some time. Your take now on 3M, Carter? Uh, yeah, we published a note as a follow-up to the buy 3M note saying uh, probably right to take it. Take All right. Money. Up next, your tweets and the final call. 
Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks that FXI trade was crazy. I got lucky and sold the spread for a small profit. What is the best way to manage a trade like that in the future? Now, you updated that trade just last week, Brian. So what's your take here? Yeah, I think when you have a little bit of profit like you did, you, 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 you take it off. I mean, when something gets so volatile like that, obviously China this week came out and said they're going to stimulate private companies inside of FXI. What is it? All private Chinese companies. So the stock really popped. I'm glad you got out for a winner. I'd actually look to play INDY, the Nifty 50 in India. I think the back half of the year, that's an area of emerging markets that's, that's going to outperform the Chinese markets. All right. Our next fan asks, does Caterpillar look like a good call spread play for August? Mike, what do you say? Uh, we've got earnings on Tuesday, 4% implied move. It looks like this is a critical juncture right here, testing right against those all-time highs for the, for the year. Uh, I think a call spread's the way I would play it rather than buying the stock, yes. Yeah, Carter, what do you what do you think of Kat's chart? Yeah, I think you get the breakout. I think All it right. makes the new high. Um, let's get to one more tweet here. This one asks, any thoughts on Las Vegas Sands at current levels for a short-term trade? Um, what does the chart look like, Carter? Yeah, it's, it's sort of a pair of twos. I would point out that if you look at the S&P 500 casino and gaming sub-industry group, which has Caesars, LVS, Wynn, and MGM, um, LVS is lagging compared to its peers. I would bet against volatility here. Uh, Mike, what do you think of LVS? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like LVS. I like the gaming stocks uh, generally. Uh, this one and Win as well. Um, so I like them on the long side. Yeah, uh, Brian, you were talking about Taylor Swift tickets. So why not a jackpot <laughs> or a poker table here? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That all kind of goes together. Yeah, I think there's going to be some upside here for, uh, for LVS uh, as, as the consumer discretion really kind of shows some resilience uh, in the back half of this year. All right, let's get to it. The final trade on this Friday. Last call from the options bits. Carter Braxtonworth, what do you say? Well, two big kahunas, as you said, tomorrow, uh, next week. I would be fading Apple and buying Amazon. Brian Stutland. Yeah, Mel, guys, a great show. Lots of earnings next week. I'm playing that. I'm going to play Uber, use it at, buy a call spread, play the upside. Mike Coe. If you want to play the controversy in Bud, use a call spread. That's the Bud for you. That does it for us. See you back here next Friday for more OA. Meantime, Tech Check with Julie Borson starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warn its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full options action disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash options action disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.